Hey, welcome everybody. You're listening to the Bleeding Big Blue Podcast. Alex Skyvich, Protoss Track again. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Remember, our podcasts are available on YouTube, Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. Follow our social media pages, primarily our Twitter and Instagram at Bleeding Big Blue Podcast. So before we get into our topic today, let's go over the results from the polling that was put up yesterday for the top five New York Giants players going into 2020. It is 13-6. Daniel Jones leads Evan Ingram. Daniel Jones has 13 votes, which is 68.4% of the vote that was taken. Evan Ingram has 6 votes, which is 32.6% of the vote that was taken. Into the other poll, Leonard Williams is down to Golden Tate, 11-7. Tate has 11 votes, which is 61.1% of the vote. And Williams has 7 votes which is about 39.9%. That's combining Instagram and Twitter at the same time. There's about a day left on those polls, so go check them out on Twitter if you haven't already. I apologize for not putting up episode 18 on YouTube. We've been having a little bit of technical difficulties, but I surely will try to work on releasing that one before I release tonight's episode, on YouTube at least. Also, I will be doing the Madden simulation streams Thursday night. If you are not familiar with it, I'll tell you a little bit about it. We are doing Madden 20 16-game simulation streams for the 2020 season. Basically, I'm going to match up, like, for example, Week 1, Giants versus Steelers, Monday Night Primetime. And I'm also going to be doing it with the downloaded roster, so the rosters seem real to what the actual rosters look like today. So that is scheduled for maybe Thursday. I'm also doing my Bengals streams every Sunday. Depending on the schedule, I release the actual schedule at some point because I'm doing my games based on if it's a Monday night football game, a Thursday night football game, or just a regular Sunday game, I'll be doing it on that day of the week according to the schedule. Let's go into today's topic. But first, are you a giant fan that wants to listen to something during the pandemic and even after? Something positive? Something about sports? True facts and stable opinions on Giants football supported by evidence? Someone who never runs out of ideas? Well, you have come to the right place, which is the Bleeding Big Blue Podcast. Go to our YouTube channel and subscribe. Make sure you turn on the notification button to get notified about all of our content. Content like Madden videos, streams, podcast episodes, and also occasional topic videos will be posted on there. Our podcast episodes are hosted on Podbean, but always are found available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. Also follow our social media pages where we post the updates on Instagram and Twitter at Bleeding Big Blue Podcast. So today's topic finally is my version of Dave Gettleman's 10 worst moves as a Giants general manager. Now Dave Gettleman's moves have been rather controversial. Some Giants fans, media critics, and front office members. So I'm going to deeply dive in to my version of his 10 worst moves as Giants general manager and also support that and why. It's obvious that he rocks the draft picks, but his trades and his free agent signings have really been lackluster over the last couple of seasons as Giants general manager. Now, let's get right to it. Number 10, trading Brett Jones. Everybody remembers Brett Jones as he took over for Weston Richburg as the starting center in 2017 when Richburg got injured for the rest of the year. However, the Giants traded Brett Jones to the Vikings for a 7th round pick when John Halapio won the starting center job. Now, this was really not the right choice in my opinion, and it ended up really not being the right choice to trade him or Halapio as the starting center. Now, Halapio played good in the first two starts, but Jones played better in the preseason, even though Halapio was designated as a starter. After Halapio got injured, the Giants rotated between Judd Greco and Spencer Pulley, etc. 
Both were average, if that, but the line didn't do much better, and they didn't make the line better. Jones would have provided solidarity towards this offensive line and probably helped those around him. I'm not saying he's a pro bowler, but he's a solid starter from the 2017 season that really would have helped the Giants if he would have been a part of the 2018 team and not been a part of the Gettleman 2018 slaughterhouse. Number 9. Re-signing John Halapio in 2019 and not drafting a right tackle. Now the Giants fans, including myself, had hype for John Halapio coming in 2019. Hype was about it. The Giants also did not draft the right tackle until round 7. Kentucky right tackle George Safo and Jay. They later cut him in 2020 and used Mike Remmers as the right tackle in 2019, the veteran signing from the Minnesota Vikings. Remmers was average at the position, but Nick Gates did provide better play, but although his hype wasn't until mid-2019, not the preseason. Remmers was a veteran starter in a rebuild. Funny. No bueno. Back to Jalapio. Jalapio struggled at center, especially with the bull rush, and Spencer Pulley was the backup option at the time. So the Giants did not have anywhere else to turn. Looks like the lack of good depth on the offensive line and in a rebuild sounds like a bad excuse. Remmers is with the Chiefs now, but Jalapio could be re-signed to compete with the other starting centers or possibly competing centers like Shane Lemieux, Spencer Pulley, Nick Gates, and the other people that Gettleman brings in. Jalapio is also coming off a torn Achilles. Keep that in mind. Should Gettleman make the same mistake? Probably not. But we'll see where he goes. That's number 9. Number 8. Starting Eric Flowers at right tackle in 2018 and giving him another shot. The Giants gave Eric Flowers another shot at right tackle with the new regime and thought that the previous regime mistreated him. The first games were terrible for him. The first two. Gave him multiple pressures as he did on the left side. Or what he would do on the left side just to the right side and Nate Solder was on the left side. Later he was bent for Chad Wheeler against the Texans who did not have good production either. This was a lack of depth issue on the offensive line. However, you can't really persuade me that a UDFA or a low tier free agent in general would not have been a better solution. I don't care whether a veteran for a year or possibly a long-term solution. Long-term, we'll probably get to my number one, but we are at number eight right now. Giants cut flowers in October 2020 and elevated transition defensive lineman offensive tackle Brian Mahalik to be the backup for Chad Wheeler. The point is, in the overturn of this roster, Flowers is not a talented tackle, or was not for the Giants in the past, and they should have learned from that. Had poor effort on the field and off the field, it should have been one of the first to go. Unfortunately, they kept him and decided to trade Brett Jones, which really was a part of the Reese player manslaughter. But Flowers should have been one of the first to go. Flowers is distant now, he's playing guard for the Dolphins, but that's something for the Giants to learn. That's number 8. Number 7. Dave Gettleman's failed attempts to replace Wayne Gallman as the backup running back. Jonathan Seward. Rod Smith. There's a theme to those names. Replacements for Wayne Gallman that have failed. Stewart was brought in to be a mentor for Barkley and as a backup running back. He was not able to produce when needed and was past his prime. The Giants declined his second year option making him a free agent and he's soon to be retired. He retired as a Panther though. Now honestly, Gettleman should have thought twice knowing he drafted McCaffrey to replace Jonathan Stewart because Jonathan Stewart was getting older. Need to think about that a little bit. Something Giants fans really don't think about. Next one, Rod Smith. Cowboys backup running back that slaughtered the Giants in 2017 at home. Smith got a concussion didn't even go into the regular season. He was just released and thrown in the trash. Whether it be $8 million over two years for Stewart, 
or four million over a year for Rod Smith. Gettleman can't be wasting money in that fashion, especially if you're trying to impress an organization in a rebuild or not. Jonathan Stewart, that was in a winning fashion or trying to be. Rod Smith was supposed to be in a rebuilding fashion. Point is, Gettleman wasted money on those running backs. Hopefully, Deion Lewis does some wonders for this team. Number six, a lot of people forget this one too. Wasting a fourth round draft pick on Kyle Loletta. A lot of people don't talk about this move when it comes to Gettleman's tenure. That would be, obviously, drafting Loletta. The Giants could have used that pick to get a developmental draft product, probably to use later on, or to start. It's weird that people actually saw Loletta, in my opinion, as the heir to Eli, or the future QB's backup, whoever that may have been, or whatever happened. Now, Loletta did play one game in 2018 and went over 5 with an interception. That was the Redskin blowout game. I think the final score was 40-16. to Now, he had a better preseason in 2019, but was the odd man out against rookie first-round draft pick Daniel Jones and veteran Alex Tanney. To be honest, I don't know that really I understand the Kyle Loletta draft pick. I mean, he was picked, yeah, he's cut now, he's with the Eagles... But just why? A developmental QB, so it could be your backup. You signed Alex Tanny, you have Davis Webb. Who else they have at the time? Again, wasted draft pick, really not thought of too much when it comes to Giant fans. Number five, letting Devon Kennard walk, releasing Romeo Quara, also letting Kerry Wynn walk. The Giants have had a lack of pass rush for a while. Then the Giants cut Romeo Quara in 2018 and let 2015 draft pick Devon Kennard go in the 2018 free agent market. Both of those guys had seven plus sack seasons in Detroit the next year. Wouldn't that have helped the Giants though? Wouldn't have that helped her pass rush? Knowing Olivier Vernon had seven sacks. Now Vernon only made the Pro Bowl because he had seven sacks and he led the team and he just got in because somebody else got hurt. I don't know who else it was but to the point is, though Quar was a rotational pass rusher, Wynn was a rotational lineman while Kennard was a starter, those guys could have been used properly, or at least to some extent, in James Betcher's scheme. Whether it be if Betcher was fired or whether if he wasn't. Again, that's kind of like the Brett Jones thing. He was a part of Jerry Reese's crew that they signed, and he got into the slaughterhouse by Dave Gettleman, and he got traded... But he could have been good use for 2018. So again, that's misleveling your talent. And it ended up being a slap in the face to Dave Gettleman. Number four, not getting a true free safety. After two years of Andrew Adams and Darian Thompson, Curtis Riley took over at free safety the converted corner and special teamer from Tennessee. Now, unfortunately, he did not miss a game. Taking bad angles and missed tackling was his specialty. Great. He was the GOAT. Not. Don't let the four interceptions fool you. Ogletree had five and he couldn't do crap on the field. He was not brought back. Simply a project left out by James Betcher and one of the reasons he is gone. Skip to a year later. Antoine Bethea was signed to a two-year contract. I think it was like eight mil or something like that. Or six mil, whatever it may be. 35-year-old safety. The Giants spent money, and good money too, to get a 35-year-old safety in a rebuild, but they let Landon Collins go. At first, I didn't agree with Landon Collins' walk because I got his jersey two months prior, actually. Collins was a playmaker as much as his covering wasn't very good. He was a box guy. 
Back to Bethea. After being not able to cover deep routes or doing much of anything else besides playing the box, his second-year option was declined, and he's a free agent right now. I don't think any team is really going to sign him. He's 35, and he's not really got not much in the tank, and he's probably going to retire. Probably going to retire, but that will probably go on Dave Gettleman's list of bad moves, especially in my book. Let's just hope the Xavier McKinney pick does some wonders. Number three, the infamous trade of trading for Alec Ogletree. Ogletree will go down in history as one of the worst Giants trades in modern era. Gettleman, as one of the first moves he made, traded a four and a six for Ogletree and a seven. Giants fans got early glimpse of his coverage ability when he couldn't cover and come out of the box to cover David Njoku, and he was late on the wheel route, and he had a touchdown, meaning David Njoku. That's for people who kept their eyes open who warned us about this trade. Ogletree recorded six interceptions in his Giants tenure, but also, main point, often failed to cover tight ends and running backs. He was a slow guy. He's in his late 20s now. He's probably not going to go anywhere else anytime soon unless he really trains and gets back. But again, probably one of the worst Dave Gettleman moves of all time, probably even going back to Carolina. Number two, the mistakes from his 2018 and 2019 free agent classes. Here's a list of people or players that didn't work out and haven't worked out. Kareem Martin was brought over to teach the James Betcher scheme and help other players. Achieved one and a half sacks in the first two years. Not very productive or helpful to the pass rush released in March of 2020. Nate Solder signed to a big four-year, $62 million contract to replace Eric Flowers. Though analytics like to back up his play, and they still do, he gave up 57 pressures in 2019 and 19 sacks in two years with the Giants. That's more than Eric Flowers did in four years in New York. Nate Solder is being replaced by Andrew Thomas now. A lot of people are already saying, even I think it's Sports Corner Media or something, that the Giants expect Thomas to step in at left tackle right away. So we'll see where that goes. He's top four pick, so obviously the Giants are hoping a lot from him. Patrick Omame from the Jaguars started first six games at right guard and had a mega contract. I think it was like three years 17 mil or three years 21 mil. Wasn't very good. Was released after Jamon Brown was acquired from waivers from the Rams. Left millions in cap space eating for the Giants. Was not good from the Jaguars. Just because Leonard Fournette had a good run game doesn't mean you go over there and get something. That's because they were stuck in tracks from the Andrew Norwell thing. First, the Giants were going to get Andrew Norwell. Obviously, he went to the Jaguars. So they went in and paid Nate Solder. Then they got Patrick Omame, the guard that was being replaced by Andrew Norwell. So obviously, they weren't hoping to have Patrick Omame back. And that was probably at the best time for them, but their offensive line really isn't much to talk about. Defensive back B.W. Webb was not very good in coverage. He was aggressive, though. Often caused some flags a little bit. Took over the cornerback two position for Eli Apple after he was traded to the Saints. Was not brought back for the 2019 season. Went to the Bengals for a year. Got cut. Curtis Riley. I mentioned him before. Special team returned free safety from cornerback. Project credits to James Vetcher. Won the free safety position over Andrew Adams and Derry Thompson. Also Sean Chandler and Michael Thomas as well. Missed tackles, I believe, led the Giants with missed tackles with 36. Bad angles in the passing and running games. Could not cover deep, though he had four interceptions. Jonathan Stewart, old, past his prime. Didn't work out. 
didn't produce, swing and a miss for Gettleman. Personally, in that type of baseball situation, he would swing and a miss and actually know the pitch that is coming. He would pull an Astro. Why? Because he knew what Jonathan Stewart was about the last couple of years in Carolina, and he drafted Christian McCaffrey to replace him, so I don't know why he was turned to a blind eye with that one, but that will go down as one of the worst moves he's ever made. You can also add Antoine Bethay to that list, especially in 2019. So that is number two. Now here's an honorable mention that everybody has been talking about, especially before everything has happened with the whole George Floyd thing. The honorable mention is trading up for DeAndre Baker. He did not do good his first year, struggled in coverage, and did not understand the playbook. Now, Gettleman knew he had character issues and was sleeping through player meetings before the draft and took a chance on him in trading up at 30. The Giants could have gotten an offensive tackle or something at 37, the pick they had until they traded the Seahawks. They could have used something with those picks, but they traded up for Baker. We'll see how that one turns out because it's not a definite one. As I said, I didn't put it in my list because it's not definite. It's an honorable mention. We'll see where that goes if the Giants do actually cut Baker, but that's just an honorable mention to keep your eyes on. Now, here is number one not rebuilding right away this one a lot of Giants fans will disagree with and have some sorrow about everyone realized in 2018 that Dave Gettleman was going for a win now mode and that's probably to be honest what the front office and the Mara family told them I don't incorporate the Tish family because they're not really involved in anything but they just have 50% ownership for the money probably signed Kareem Martin Nate Solder Connor Barwin Curtis Riley, Patrick Mamre, etc., etc. Drafted Saquon Barkley number two. Take a note here. Saquon Barkley is entering his third year. And it looks like that they're not going to compete this year. Especially with the team they have. They need to progress. Rookie head coach. Doesn't look like they're going to progress enough this year to be a competing or a playoff team. So we still need to see how everybody else does. Rookies going into their second year. Rookies developing. Also count that the NFC South, North, and West are tough divisions regarding competition. Packers and Vikings, Saints, Bucks, Falcons, and Rams, Cardinals, and 49ers, and Seahawks. Those are all teams that have the chance of winning the wild card or at least competing for it. And a lot of people are saying, oh, the Giants can possibly, you know, win the wild card or get it with this new CBA rule. Well, we'll see, but I really don't have that feeling about the Giants right now. They need to progress a lot. Now back to the Saquon Barkley. Giants are wasting his prime. Let's be honest here. He's only improving his stats. Sure, the Giants love him on the field and he does a lot of zigzag in their running game. What purpose exactly, though, to be honest? The rest of the team is in shambles. So, in the Giants offensive line in 2018 went through multiple combos, costing Eli protection and Saquon yards at points in the game. Now, with some insight, Gettleman should have figured out, even though he was given the message upstairs, you need to win now. He needed to figure out, or should have figured out, that the Giants had been in this mess only because of poor drafting and poor free agent stuff. Free agency is not long term. I don't know who thinks that. Everyone builds by the draft now. Everybody builds for young kids and their talent and their development. He signed Odell to an extension. That was, of course, worth $95 million over five years. Probably the largest wide receiver contract in history right now or at least at that time in Giants history now I agreed with trading him but signing him to the contract was worth nothing because the Giants are actually still paying him and trading him was tragic because obviously Giants fans don't agree with that now I agree with trading him but of course the extension doesn't match with trading him because 
why would you sign him to trade him? I mean, obviously results were different when it came to Gettleman's expectations of what the 2018 team was supposed to look like and what actually happened. So, and Gettleman should have figured out, oh, with Curtis Riley at free safety and B.W. Webb in the nickel, you know, I'm not going to have a winning team. But expectations, you have to set them low sometimes to be bigger. And, of course, they were low or higher at that time, but obviously the product was lower than the actual expectation. Now, some Daniel Jones critics and other people will say that there was a better draft class in 2018, and there was. I'm not going to critique Daniel Jones right now. I'm not going to say whether he's a franchise quarterback or not. I'm not going to rip him either, other than the fumbles, but he's fixing that right now, apparently. Now, Darnold, Allen, Baker, Mayfield, and Jackson, those are pretty good quarterbacks coming out of 2018. Now, 2019, Drew Locke, Daniel Jones, Dwayne Haskins. Those are really names that are remarkable there. Kyler Murray as well, but it's not as good. It's 2018. Nobody was that excited about 2019. Just the quarterback needy teams. Nobody was like, you know what? Maybe we should place this guy. Not even the Bucks, Even though Bruce Arians gave him another chance. Meaning Jameis Winston. But the results have to be improvement this year for Dave Gettleman. And his free agent signings of Martinez and Bradbury have to work. Or else he's out the door. One more thing I want to discuss is PFF said a couple days ago. Giants ranked 21st wide receiver core. Surprisingly, I'm not going to rip on him too much. I'm actually going to agree with him partially. Now, I didn't read the article of why they said the Giants were 21st in wide receiver core. A lot of people ripped them, meaning Giant fans, because of what they said. Now, here's where I find an alleyway. You can't really say that they're 21st, but you can't say they're top 10 or top 15, in my opinion. Take a look at 2017, 2018. 2019 more than 2018, but 2017, expectations, Dwayne Harris, Odell Beckham, Sterling Shepard, Brandon Marshall. Good wide receiver core, it seems, right? Harris, occasional slot receiver, supposed to be one of the best in the league, right? All of them get injured. All of them get injured. The offense is supposed to be hyped. It's not. Everybody goes on IR. Sterling Shepard played more games than all the three combined, probably, but again, Failed hype there, failed expectations, and everybody got injured. 2018, there was not really much to talk about. Uh, Odell Beckham, Sterling Shepard, anyone else I'm missing because they really didn't have a three. Cody Latimer, but he's not that great of a receiver. And especially in 2018, he did make some splash plays, but again, nothing special. 2019, however, Darius Slayton, Evan Ingram, he was a tight end, but I'm talking about offensive production, of course. Saquon Barkley, Sterling Shepard, and Golden Tate. Looks like a good offense, right? Even under Eli Manning, or at some points, the offense could not get going. Now, I don't care if the offensive line was bad. Teams have worked around bad offensive lines like the Seahawks, like the Texans. They still get offense production. But you take a look. Those players didn't even play one game together. Tate, suspended for the first four games. Slayton, out the first two. Shepard, two concussions this season. Barkley, leg injury. Ingram, lower body injuries. So exclude the fact, or maybe include the fact, that the tight end and the running back, you know, are there or not there. Failed hype from the Giants. Now, PFF, I don't say they should be 21. I don't think they should be top 10, top 15 either. It's a wait and see thing. Because right now, you look, you got Slayton, you got Tate, and you got Shepard. You got those couple right now. Who's behind them? Benjamin Victor? Austin Mack? What, UDFAs? They didn't draft a wide receiver. 
So it's going to be interesting. I'm not going to say that I don't have hype in this group, but again, can't really insinuate based off of just three receivers and who else is back there. Corey Coleman got injured last year. Damari Scott's a special teamer, so is Cody Core. And you got undrafted free agents. So again, 21st is sort of an excuse, sort of okay, but I would move him up a little bit. But again, I don't think that PFF did a horrible job when it came to ranking the Giants wide receiver core because it's based on prediction and we know the hype and the expectation and the production has been different two different wavelengths for the Giants receiving core in the last couple of years so that is the end of episode 19 of the Bleeding Bay Blue podcast remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel our podcasts are hosted on Podbean but available on Spotify Google Podcasts Apple Podcasts and also follow our social media pages Twitter and Instagram at Bleeding Bay Blue Podcast Thank you guys for listening. Thanks, you guys, for watching. And I'll be back on Thursday. Thank you, guys.